Welcome listeners. Right now, I'm sitting on a beach, sipping on a Ponstar martini, surrounded by absolutely gorgeous men. Why? Because it's the hip hop episode, the first one for over underrated. We're joined by special guest Kobe Omanaka of the Flix Watcher podcast and a few others to discuss Puff Daddy and Jurassic 5. So come on board, bring your bling and join us. Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over underrated? Over underrated. Sous évalué. Überschätzt. Over underrated. So, welcome to the latest episode of Over Underrated with Fran and Babs. How are we doing today, Fran? Um, I am enjoying um, a week off work. Me too. But sadly, I forgot if everybody else is at work. So therefore, I have done nothing for an entire week. Um, (laughs) Does that mean that you're getting a lot of uh, emails from your work or are you able to really kind of switch off? Oh, I spent yesterday in bed playing Xbox. I even ordered pizza. So my dart's going really well as well. Excellent. I spent yesterday doing a lot of day drinking. So I think I think we're both doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what have you been listening to recently? Um, I have been listening to absolutely nothing. No, I, I, don't know, I tell you a lot. I tell you a lot. Um, sea Power released a new single yesterday um, called Green Goddess. And I need to give it some more time. Um, that's all I've listened to so far because it's early on. But I'm excited tomorrow an indie band I like called Spectre. Are releasing their new mm-hmm. album so i'm hoping okay. that will be decent how about yourself well after talking in our last episode about how i haven't really been listening to much hip-hop i've been listening to a bit more i've been listening to french montana and i've been listening to the run the jewels albums that i don't know mm-hmm. as well so i think yeah spotify rap shook me with uh, how little i've been listening to hip-hop um so i think clearly it's it's done something to me and hip-hop is the theme of today which is picked by our special guest kobe omaneka is that how you pronounce your name um, omaneka i'm not really too fussed omenaka. as long as you get all the kind of letters in the right order then you know kobe omaneka yeah. welcome <laughs> <laughs> hello hello thank you very much and yeah and what have you been listening to oh well puff daddy and uh and 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 jurassic five um my well the thing is I love the Spotify Unwrapped because um, it was typically a way to gloat to people about how uh, varied mm-hmm. my music was. Uh, but then this year, my son, we had a son, just uh, a, a little baby just before lockdown started. And this is the year oh, where yes. his music started uh-huh. to be pervasive. I want to say his music. It's still the music I like, but it's like that's more to the top of this. That means the Moanas, the Muppets and things like that. They're the things that kind of um, are at the top of my listening list at the moment. Uh, is Baby Shark still big on the kids' uh, playlist? It's it's not one I like to put on that much. No. It's um it's one of those. That, that's why that's I stay away from the nursery rhymes because a lot of them tend to be super irritating, and that's why I try mm. to go for the good Disney songs, the good Muppet songs, um, and also I've been listening to a lot of Flight of the Concords. So I don't know why particularly, nice. um, but that's always that's nice. always good fun, and I'm, I'm getting him to listen to that as well. Have you gone down the world of um, children's versions of rock songs? Because that is a whole universe of like the cure done by violins uh, that's available to children. A lot of my friends with kids, you know, that's a, that's a way of not listening to the exact songs mm. that you like, but listening to a more tolerable version. I, I do recommend I, that. I've thought about it, but it just doesn't, I don't, I think I'd be annoyed because some, when I hear the wrong version of a song, I'm like, no. So cover versions. No, no. I, like, I like cover <laughs> versions are fine. But like, for example, mm-hmm. even... Um, Florence the Machine. I love Florence the Machine, but her, like, you've got to love. For me, it's like, mm. I want to hear Candy Statton. But generally, I'm not that snobby about cover versions because I like the, I love, I love the, I like Under the Bridge by um, All Saints. But some things I'm just like, you know what? I'm just, well, I'm going to listen to the version I like. And this is going to play a lot into my discussion about Puff Daddy Stroke PDD as well. Um, but mm. sometimes I just think I want to listen to the proper version. And with Nursery Rhymes, I don't see what's wrong with just playing the kids the proper songs. As well, to be honest with you, give them the nursery rhymes, give them the Muppets, give them Disney, other kid songs. But I'm just going to, if I want to play Enter Sandman, then it's going to be the proper version. There's not going to be a, you know, a violin twinkle twinkle version of this. Just play Enter Sandman <laughs> and that's that's fine. And then we can play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star as well or Wind the Bobbin Up. Have you heard of the Wiggles before? I have. And Wiggles, we, what song do I play by the Wiggles? Um, Hokey Pokey, Hokey Cokey. 
there's a, there's a hokey cokey version on YouTube, which they, which my son quite enjoys. But yeah, don't play that on Spotify. <laughs> and I'm guessing perhaps you're not playing what you've picked as your overrated choice today, Kobe, uh, to your son. Uh, do you want to tell us who you've picked and, and why? So overrated is Puff Daddy stroke P Diddy. Um, and the reason is, I think there's too much of him. I don't, I don't think he's particularly bad as a hip hop artist, but I just think there's, there's better out there. Uh, hence the term overrated, duh. Um, sorry. <laughs> and I think he's one of those people. Um, and also I think I'm not that big a fan of him as a person as well. Um, and I think the, the, the kind of his crew that he's linked with as well, I think generally is, is a bit overrated, a bit more, more pomp and circumstance in general. Fran, what was your view coming in on Sean Coombs, aka a million other names? Well, obviously, um, I was very aware of his big hit back in the mid 90s. And that's the first time I, I knew him. And I, I just remember his videos. I, I remember him having these massive, expensive border videos with all his mates. And <laughs> every song would be featured with a thousand people who I never heard ever, ever again of. <laughs> Music guesting who and him not being the most talented person, but I guess he was just very good at you know being the, the man in the right place at the right time, making as much yeah. money as he possibly could. And I remember every video was him telling us how rich he was and yeah. how many girls he had. And yeah, and I, I, I think that became like a bit of a 90s kind of thing for some. Yeah, he definitely wasn't the only one doing that, though. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm not the biggest hip hop fan. I can't remember if that's a East Coast trope or West Coast trope, the whole <laughs> I've got money sort of thing. It was, it was, it was kind of phrase. I mean, it still happens now, but it's one of those things that does turn a lot of people off from, from it. And you, I mean, you get that in, um, it's like, it's a common problem because a lot of hip hop is social commentary. Mm. And the first album tends to be quite grounded. And then as you kind of progress and you, you don't have those problems anymore, then it becomes a case of, well, hey, I've got a big car now. So that's, let's talk about that. And this is not and you know, a, a good social commentary band as well in the UK, such mm. as Arctic Monkeys and uh, you know, Pulp. They also suffer the kind of same problem where it's, you, 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 you know, common people, you resonate with that as, mm-hmm. an, as an anthem. But then when they're talking about things which are a bit more, like you're less interested in it, you, it, you find hard to to connect with them, and that's that's where the disconnected thing happens with a lot of hip hop, is that you just don't care that they've got you know shimmy and they've got Bentleys and stuff. Who gives a toss? But I guess yeah. Puff was a bit different because he was rich from the start. Like when he got, he'd been working in the industry since the '80s, so he was already a millionaire by the time he became like an artist. Was he? Oh, okay, yeah. is that why? That, yeah. Okay, that's probably why he became so big then in terms of um, musicality. Quite, yeah. quite quickly because it wasn't talent as you say <laughs> that explains the note that I wrote that I told you friend I wrote down like is he like the ultimate networker yeah. just you know you've picked five songs and there's what like 10 people here uh, how does he pull in all those favours and the people in the music videos as well because we're definitely going to talk about the music videos and there's some big names there that I'd forgotten yeah I mean he produced like TLC um, Mary J Blige a good good artist <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kobe, you were talking about, um, you know, that's what put people off hip hop. I think, yeah, that's what put me off a lot of late 90s, mid noughties hip hop. It was like guns and bling and mm. hoes. And yeah, you know, there was a, for me, Eminem and 50 Cent kind of put me off because of that. Puff Daddy, not so much because I feel like, oh, I don't know, there was there was humor in it. Um, but yeah, I, I think as someone who wasn't automatically into hip hop, I was like, oh my God, if this is all that hip hop is, I'm not interested because I think people like Little Kim and Foxy Brown, you know, the women, you know, talking very interestingly about sex and stuff that, that totally passed me by because I was, I was too young and it just wasn't as big in the UK where I was growing up. Yeah. I think Missy Elliott was the exception. You know, I've, I've always liked her. She was always great and, and avant-garde. Uh, and it's only been since about 2014 where I've been like, okay, actually, no, come on. You must like, there must be hip hop for you out there. And there is definitely, but I, my knowledge is kind of all over the place. Well, Missy Elliott's, Missy Elliott's quite an interesting one because a lot of her videos are a similar style to Puff Daddy's mm. and I'd always give her a lot more leeway. Oh yeah. Then then uh, Puff Daddy and there's a guy called Hype Williams who did a lot of yeah. these um, music videos for, for Notorious B.I.G. and um, the, the Bad Boys. I think I'm I'm pretty sure Hype did a lot of um, Missy's videos as well. Yeah, he and did. Buster Rhymes as well. I think was a big yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, that was that was another. I think um, the is it was it Give Me Some More? Mm-hmm. No, what was what was the really creepy creepy music video where he's in like a haunted house? Yeah, that yeah, scared yeah. the shit out of With, me. With um, the uh, psycho strings behind it. Oh man, like that. But like that and um, Break Your Neck, 
I I enjoyed at the time and you know but for me it was always like you know it's something in the background but it's not something I really like but with Puff Daddy like yeah I wasn't I wasn't as fussed about him and there is a certain charisma to him you know and and like I said a, a sense of humor in his music videos that I'd forgotten and some of these I'd never seen before and they are absolutely batshit I can't wait to <laughs> can't wait to get into it but I think so coming in I'm like is it overrated? I don't know. You know, uh, I I still I think I'll see how I feel at the end of the conversation. But yeah, let's let's get into it. Overrated. What's your first pick from your playlist? Oh, the first pick was "I'll Be Missing You," uh, which is probably the, the song that Fran was referring to in terms of his song. And yeah, so that's the one that most people know him by. And it was the second biggest single i'm getting in the states at least of that year wow. um does anyone know what the biggest single in the wind year? yeah two songs about people who were uh, or, or commemorating or commiserating people who died in that year um mm. it's quite interesting i didn't like either song particularly um to be honest with you i like handling the wind but i thought that it was a bit it was a bit too much being around too much obviously i didn't I'm sad that Pyrrhus just had died, but um, I wasn't that big of, of a fan of the song. Mm-hmm. Were you sad that Notorious B.I.G. died? No, I was more of a, I guess, I mean, my history with hip hop is more checkered. Generally, my my music style, my music taste is very varied. And I like anything generally apart from really heavy metal, really heavy rock. They're the, they're the kind of things I'd stay away from. Uh, so I like, I grew up in Manchester and my first gig was Oasis in 1996 in Main Road. And I've seen a lot of, different types of artists through that time and you know from Bruce Springsteen to U2 to you know Jay-Z and I've even seen Slipknot and stuff like just I wanted to see what that looked like mm-hmm. um so my my knowledge of this is just it's just um my knowledge of hip-hop is kind of scattered and not that deep so when Notorious B.I.G died I was aware of it but I was like ah, I don't really like your stuff anyway uh which is a bit harsh but I think I was um, I prefer, looking back at it I preferred Tupac stuff more than uh Biggie stuff but even then I prefer other things to what Tupac and Biggie did. And um, so I wasn't really sad. I was just like, oh, there's, there's a guy who's who's died now, unfortunately. He's sad. It's never a good thing. But um, yeah, still a V almost. It sounds a bit callous now I think about it. <laughs> sounds very I callous. I found out who Notorious B.I.G. was because of this song. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's it. Um, and like mm. Candle in the Wind, this song was massively, massively overplayed. I was thinking, you know, rewatching the video, I remembered it so well. And this was a time where I didn't have music television. So this was just from, you know, on channels one to four, it would be on all the time. And analyzing it, you know, with a an older brain, I think it is quite a clever use of a sample and it has nice harmonies. And the lyrics are a nice expression of grief. You know, he has this these lines, which is in my heart is where I'll keep you friend. Memories give me the strength I need to proceed, strength I need to believe, my thoughts big, I just can't define. So it feels very... Earnest and unbelievable, but just so so overplayed. Yeah, I really overrated songs. Um, but I put this at number one because I don't think it's the biggest defender of Puff Daddy and his style. But what really made me laugh when I found out was that Puff Daddy didn't write the lyrics. Someone someone else wrote the lyrics, which ah, which kind of sets okay. out the story for me. As <laughs> Puff Daddy, in, when Fran said he was over, he was talentless. I didn't know if he knew whether he wrote the lyrics for his songs. I don't know if he wrote lyrics for other songs. Um, but for me, this is like a, a massive like he's right. Mm. He's written a song about one of his best friends, um, and he's like pulled his best friend's ex wife into it. But he didn't write the lyrics. He didn't write the lyrics. He didn't write those those words he just said. Uh, Every day I pray for you. He, he doesn't have the talent to even write that. And the, the, mm-hmm. the song. Is not the lyrics aren't that strong. They're not that in depth. They're not that um, complicated. But yet he wasn't the one to do it. And that's the kind of thing. Is like, ugh. yeah. They do resonate though. If you go and look at the YouTube Absolutely. comments, so many people are like, oh, you know, my mum just died, and I'm missing yeah, the song and crying. Yes, so I, yeah, definitely not sophisticated. And I think they are but, strong, but, and yeah. it's never, you know, it's, it's the use of samples versus use of of covering stuff. That's a whole discussion. In this case, I think it's I think it's fine. That's a whole discussion. Um, to be honest yeah. with you. So I've got no real problems with it. But then when they found out he didn't write the actual lyrics, it was just like, you're not that good, are you? At all. Come on, mate. And do you agree? Mm. Well, I, I guess you could call this like jukebox hip-hop. You know, he's taken a song that everyone loved and rapped over it. This is also, you know, if you're a fan of the police, then you're going to probably like this already. I remember I when you get into your stories about Dawn previous, Carter about previous and, um, relationships. And, and she was very relevant. 
and she she really enjoyed the song so i brought her the best of the police thinking about maybe we have connections you know oh so cool she never listened like... to it i was so angry i used to always mm. find it bizarre so this is a song, a song about his dead friend yeah so why does puffy need to have a motorcycle crash in the video I... so what uh... we feel sorry for him but he's had a fake accident as well you can't concentrate or is it that he's just so upset about it that he's just he keeps swallowing off his motorbike because he can't concentrate that was it i was like i think it's that, that quite bad taste yeah but but there we go if I rapped over one of the greatest songs of the 80s, would people enjoy it? Maybe. I don't know. Um, so I'd give it a try. <laughs> Let's put it on our SoundCloud. Which and it seems exist. to be a, a trait that Puff has. We're going to be talking about one of another song mm. when he just steals a number one classic and then, then raps over it, which is kind of semi-cheating, maybe. You know, the other band we're going to talk about, you know, they're a bit yeah. more you know interesting with their sample choices it's not like mm. oh that it's, it's like you know if, if i chose thriller or a master song by michael jackson and people no, instantly yeah, like, listen to it because oh, that song that I, I, like I feel instantly kids, like so my parents it's kind of um when they're like yeah but hip-hop isn't it's not new music it's regurgitating the stuff we used to dance to i'm like yeah but well, that's fine but a lot of the time you don't know the reference in the sample and i love it when you do learn what that sample is but then it's a different yeah. thing when it's a song that's almost too pervasive that you think yeah yeah, is that cheating in a way? Maybe not, but you know, in this case, like, like I said, I don't think this is the worst offender in any way, shape, or form. No, um, I think I've mentioned it on it before, but Mark Ronson did a TED talk about sampling that is very convincing about you know kind of why why it's a good thing and why hip hop gets a bad rep for it when it's it's not just it, it yeah. often isn't just taking something; it's kind of reimagining reimagining it and redoing it. But yeah, I think one of the songs later on, we're we're definitely gonna we're gonna have a discussion about that. But the next pick, Kobe, I thought was was a sample, but I don't think it is. It is original guitar, it's a isn't bad it? Boy for um, life. So yeah, what's your what's your second pick? Um, and this is where uh, you, you you brought in on top of PDD. I'm not sure if it's because um, I don't want to say he's not talented, but I, I, he needs other people around him to make things to make things sing. And I think this is one of the this is one of the comments i'd say to a lot of hip-hop is that often the best tracks often the best songs are ones where there's it's featuring x or featuring y or whatever um and that's why i think the hip-hop bands i tend to act i tend to lean towards are the ones where it's a group so you already have that kind of inbuilt the variety of timbre of, of voices or a couple you know different people writing you know, writing the beats so it's already ingrained into the act whereas um with Puff Daddy and some other solo acts, they need to have people pulled in. And that's not that's not always the case. Like Kanye West, Jay-Z, they'll have some amazing tracks mm. where it's just them doing the, the, just doing the stuff. But I can't think of a track with Peep Diddy where he is, well, I think of one which I'll bring in later, which is not on the list, um, where it's just his voice all the way through. And I think this is this is one of the worst ones for me. Where I'm just like, yeah, sure, you just got your friends on here and you're doing a thing. Have fun with it. There's lots of people I've not heard of before or will again from this. So... It was. It yeah. was. Mark Curry was a Blue Peter presenter no. when I was growing up. I don't think it is him on the on what the track. Blue Peter Mark Curry. <laughs> Never know. He could have been us guides. <laughs> what did you think, Fran? I need this track. It's interesting. Mm. I can't decide if I enjoy the, the guitar bit or if it sounds like my first guitar solo. It's a bit like <laughs> ding ding. Like ding ding, like I'm looking for each note and playing it. I think that he probably needed to have another singer to make this a better track. I think it misses something. It goes on for like five and a half minutes, and after a minute, you, you get you get it. And I think mm. it needs maybe like a, another, maybe like a female singer, like you had Faith Evans earlier, to give it another push in the chorus. Because otherwise, I think it just becomes a bit naff. And yeah, this is another video and he's got his cool friends. I think he's got Travis Barker and Dave Navarro. He's even got Crazy Town at the end. Yeah, at the cameo, end. Which dates yeah. him madly. See, I didn't watch any of the videos. So I'm, I'm, um, I'm relying on when I'm relying on when I saw these videos when they were when we did have treat yourself a Kobe. Of life when I was treat yourself with, afterwards with, honestly like it was so enjoyable to watch the videos. <laughs> <laughs> there's there was a period of my life when when I was at university when we just sit in the lounge me and housemates and we'd have one tv which had the playstation 2 at the mm -hmm. time and one tv which had mtv mtv2 mtv base oh, nice. just kind of on rotation and this would be one that came on quite a lot so i'm just i'm just thinking back to that time like 20 years ago 
Uh, yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Again. So I knew I knew the song, and I remembered the video, despite once again not not really having music TV. Is this the one that's got Ben Stiller in it? As yes, well? where he he does it, a very funny bit, kind of interrupting him. And yeah, it's a very tongue in cheek video. It's it's very nicely done. I love this song. Like I unapologetically love this song. It is catchy, <laughs> even though again analyzing it, I'm like, it is the most unconvincing chorus in the world. They're like, we are bad boys for life i'm like you don't sound like bad boys at all like it's like you say it sounds like he's got his mates around so they're like oh we're so hard let's do a song about how hard we are but i i i quite like the guitar and i don't know i think i i read a bit about mace because he comes up in in another song and there's this whole thing about like um oh he's had such an enduring influence because he's got a lazy yet melodic flow and i think this also has a lazy and melodic flow. i, I don't mind like a, a mace or a q-tip where it's just you know almost sweet oh, rapping q-tips. q-tips yeah. my boy yeah i love i love q-tip um yeah i'm not i'm not he is much better he is much better than the rapping on this song but i, I think it's that similar thing of just like la- laid back i yeah i quite enjoy it i think one one thing with this song is um i, I think one thing with puff daddy and his tunes in general is they are quite they're good for when you're in night when you're out on the student night mm. and it comes on and it's it's good to kind of you're on the dance and you think yeah I'm gonna keep moving with this but <laughs> when it finishes I'm like I no I've I've not I've haven't bought any Puff Daddy albums or singles and I think there's a clear reason for that and I think that's the same not just with hip hop but I think this you know there's some like a lot of dance music I own very few dance albums because they're great for the club but at home I don't sit at home. You know, reading the Guardian, thinking, yeah, let's uh, <laughs> put on Cafe Domar. <laughs> I mean, I think I think Puff Daddy is club friendly. That's the thing, and I think that's why he's more pervasive because you hear in the club, you think, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then as soon as the song finishes, I'm not that interested. Um, <laughs> and I think there's there's very few acts of it. Like, I think Prodigy would be one of them where I'm happy to put the Prodigy album or any mm. Prodigy album and listen and to it from to finish. Yeah. yeah. Home rave yeah. um, with the baby. That's what I'll probably. Well, listen, yeah, I'll play. why not get him started young? For the land starts with smack a bitch up. He'll love it. <laughs> Don't watch the video with him. <laughs> no, watch the video with him. But yeah, Puff Daddy's good for the club. But I think for me, I think a lot of it is I don't feel I care when I'm at home to listen to any Puff Daddy. So this this next song is "Tell Me" featuring Christina mm. Aguilera. I had never heard of the song in my life. And I was surprised that it was from 2006 because for me, I thought this was late 90s, early noughties. It didn't, it didn't reinvent the wheel. It reminded me a little bit the the synth strings of Beautiful Liar by Shakira and Beyonce as well. I don't know if either of you got mm. that. Um, and I thought it was very uninspiring. But when I saw the music video, it was, again, very entertaining. So it starts with a very good looking woman asking Puff Daddy if she can put on a CD. So she puts on a CD again, immediately dating it. And then basically he's in a wind tunnel with Christina Aguilera. And I think, yeah, the pumping up uh, and the club vibes and the dancing, you know, I was like, Do you know what? This this isn't that bad with the video. The video enhances it. So I mean, there was, there was definitely a package proposition puff daddy that's the thing he, he knew how to package himself and other people around him and it looks i mean this is why we're so happy i was super happy to have mtv base on with puff daddy on rotation because mm-hmm. you know he put on a good show yeah i vaguely remember this but i yeah i thought it's earlier i thought this is like you know and christina aguilera had like a revamp mm-hmm. i thought that was that era but i guess it's a lot later on and interesting when i was checking out the youtube clips Every single comment was about Christina Aguilera. No, yeah, no one mentions Aguilera. No one mentions Puff Daddy. The entire thing mm. it's about Aguilera's voice is amazing. He looks amazing, and not one person ever mentions Puff Daddy. Which is kind of maybe what he did. You know, he knew how to you know be relevant, and he knew if I take this talent, then this will be a big hit, and it will you know I don't need to do anything. I'm better. Yeah. I'm better by vicariously. Exactly. Although um, on Wikipedia it says that it wasn't a big hit in the US due to lack of promotion. Apparently, it was it was in other areas, but yeah. I I never heard of it before, and actually I I hadn't heard of any of the the rest of the songs on on the playlist, Kobe. Um, and yeah, the next one is quite something. <laughs> <laughs> Being around the world, indeed, uh, <laughs> indeed. And this this is this features uh, notorious B.I.D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and Mace. Ish. Yeah, um, yeah. Been around the world is. Yeah, when I talked about I'll be missing you using police, I think they've done it well, fine. But this is horrific because, um, first of all, I think this is, this and Heroes, it samples uh, Let's Dance by by David Bowie. Let's Dance is probably my favourite Bowie song alongside Heroes. It's a controversial choice um, because it's quite mainstream. I but think not on this podcast, I would say. 
Uh, sure. Yeah. Great. Well, it's great to hear that. It's for me. I, I think it's pretty good. Frag, Frag <laughs> is being more mysterious, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to sample uh, a Bowie track for hip hop, you know, using a Noel Rogers production, it's going to work, mm. surely. Mm. <laughs> or not, <laughs> depending well. on what your opinion is. <laughs> but then the chorus then is jarring because it's like, being around the world and I, 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 I can't, no, that's what you want to say. Well, I can't find my no, baby. It's so it's putting two it, songs Toby. together. I mean, come on. <laughs> Putting two songs together, which are both fantastic in their in their separate rights, and making them both and making it this this is probably my worst Puff Daddy song. I just it's one of those things that gets my heckles up every single time I hear. And then I want to put on Let's Dance and Been Around the World separately to get over it. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sure Lucy Sansford is happy to get some more royal, royalties. <laughs> That's one. Thing. If you look at Spotify at the credits, there's literally up ten people per song. I love mm. to know how much money they're actually making after all the samples are paid. I always I often think about that with bands like uh, the Polyphonic Spree <laughs> and Arcade Fire. I just kind of think you need to be absolutely amazing, otherwise yeah. you're not making that much money. And the people like Jack Johnson, they don't need to. They need to sell a tenth. Oh, Ed Sheeran, for example, does Wembley well, yeah, himself. Exactly. It's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but that's a very relevant point because I read an article recently that um, I think a Justin Bieber song won a Grammy and it had 11 songwriters. And I think it was like the record for most songwriters. And that's a debate that's happening at the moment of like, what is this music by numbers? And I think I'm still very like, well, if the song sounds good, I don't really care well, yeah, how many people are on absolutely. it. But but yeah, it's it's quite surprising to to see the Puffers doing this back in 97. Um, so yeah, but did you like it, Fran, or not? Uh, I remember this coming out and... I just thought it's like, did they just find any audio of Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> and, and had them at one point at a karaoke bar singing badly to Lisa Stansford and then clipped that and made it into a single? Because that's what I can, like, why else would he say it? Oh, so was this, was this posthumous? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was, yeah. Yeah, this was oh, the okay. album with Missing You after he had, he had passed away. Okay. They sure, could have been that he recorded that before. I don't know. But for I, what I was reason? What, that. Him just singing the chorus badly. <laughs> it's like it's strange. So yeah, so I, I always found it uninspired. You know, it relies too much on the sample. They they add anything else to it whatsoever. The video is ten minutes long, epic video. So Kobe, do you if if you don't remember it, I, I we okay, can give you some uh, some cliff notes where so Quincy Jones is in it. He's a spy. He calls up Puff Daddy because there's going to be an assassination attempt on the president of Tunisia at his daughter's 21st birthday. So he gets on a, on a private plane, but there's someone trying to sabotage on it. So they have to jump out in a parachute. They land in the desert where some, you know, swarthy Arab men look menacing, but then it's fine because they know who Puff Daddy is. And and uh, and they make it to the party where Jennifer Lopez is there looking very pretty. There's this little kind of um, dance number that has nothing to do with it. It's like a little fantasy bit where they do a bit of a tango. And uh, of course, Buff Daddy saves the day. So there we go. <laughs> I do you know what I love? I, I love that. I love that kind of nonsense because this is one of the things I feel sorry for modern artists nowadays is that they don't, they don't have budget. People don't watch the music videos that much yeah. uh, or, or do they have much money to put into music videos in the way they did do at this t- mm-hmm. kind of time that is insane but I'm, I'm glad they were able to enjoy it and I feel sorry for artists now that Spotify they don't get as many royalties so I feel like you just kind of they've missed, they've missed that missed the boat by like 20 years but that sounds brilliant. honestly I, I'd never seen the video before <laughs> and I messaged Fran like oh my god have you have you seen this this is incredible I'm kind of sad that I didn't know at the time but delighted to have discovered it in 2022 um I <laughs> I think I like this song, guys. I I just, I know it. So it, it came on and because it was called Been Around the World, I was like, is he going to sample Been Around the World? And then it starts, came on and I just, it totally threw me. I don't mind it sort of slowed down. I think, it, you know, it, it becomes even funkier and it just makes me laugh so much that Notorious B.I.G. is saying he's been player-hated to, Le- to Lisa Stamsu. I just, I... I can't help but be charmed. I mean, I'm not again. It's like you say, Kobe. I'm not going to go buy the single and 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 put it on. But but yeah, I I, I enjoyed listening to it once. So I can't I can't say I disliked it. I'm afraid. I enjoyed listening to it about once. <laughs> yeah, about about once. <laughs> I always kind of thought that like Puff Daddy wanted to be Will Smith in a way that he wanted to become a film star. And these music videos were like his his show wheel. Look, guys, look look what I can mm. do. Hi, oh, but, hi but me. the acting is atrocious. Like when him and Mesa in trouble on the private plane, I'm like, guys. I mean, they're clearly friends. They're clearly having a good time, and that comes across. But that's what makes it even funny because they're just totally bombastic. But not you can't take it seriously. Okay, Jennifer Lopez is acting well. Even Quincy Jones is doing a decent turn as spy on the phone. But uh, yeah, absolutely terrible acting. It's brilliant. You have to go watch it, Kobe. It's, it's excellent. He was in that film, Get Into the Greek, wasn't he? Yeah, I've oh, forgotten about that. 
Yeah. He's done a couple. He's I'm done a couple, a couple of little cameos over the next ten years. I think. I can imagine if you've you know you got all the men in the world. I'm going to be your next film. Is that okay? <laughs> sure. So, what's your final pick from uh, the Puff Daddy playlist? Um, the final pick was uh, PE. 2000. I can't, I can't remember what PE means. I think it might be Public uh, Enemy yeah. because that's who they oh, sample. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah, I mean, Public you're something, you know, one of the best hip-hop acts in the world um, for your own nonsense. Um, and one of the things that, annoy, that annoys me about, I think it tends to be a lot more hip-hop than others, is this kind of intro um, stream of nonsense consciousness before the song even starts. And this is one of the worst offences where this woman just talks about nothing before the song even starts. You kind of think, well, why are you here uh, exactly? And then the song, and when, when she's in the song proper, it's good. She's good in the song. But at the start, it's like, why? Why is this happening? Was this actually released in 1999 so people could dance to this at, ben, at midnight? Was that the idea? A bit like Robbie Williams and uh, Will Smith doing the same kind of approach? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, PE 2000. Yeah, it must have been. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't know. It's finally get on the board for 1999 band. Yeah, but I don't remember this playing at midnight in 1999, to be fair. <laughs> um, I completely forgot about this song existing. Yeah, it's kind of scandalous to, you know, to sample. Like, did no one say no to him regarding samples? What secrets does he have? I mean, apart, from, I'm apart from the Beatles, he pretty much can sample anyone, apparently. Well, the, the, um, the Sting one, apparently he just took it and then released it. And then Sting was like, hold on. And then oh. Puff was like, okay, you can have some credit. So Sting, obviously, a lot of money. In the same way that Verve did with their Bittersweet mm. and Rolling Stones, they just kind of t- took it and then they're like, yeah, you can have the money. But I don't know. He was just, he was just, what's the adage with filmmakers? Good filmmakers steal, bad directors kind of copy. I don't know. There's something like that, isn't there? Where you just be so brazen with it, then it often, it just doesn't matter. It's just beyond the pain. Tarantino approach, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. That's what I said about Tarantino. But the, the one song of Puff Daddy's, um, so I don't know if you've finished talking about this one, but obviously go back to P2000, um, is Come With Me, the um, mm. um, which is used in the Godzilla soundtrack. That is a song I'll happily play any 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 drop of a hat. And I had some, samples. completely forgotten about that song and it's just come back in my mind the moment you said oh, it. It's, wow. a, it's a great song. It's a great song. Yeah. And this is one where it's just him singing, uh, but it's, it's to the background of... Um, it's deeper in the ground, uh, not deeper in the ground. That's Jimmy Quarles' different Mare. song on that soundtrack, yeah. "Cashmere" by Led Zeppelin, yeah. um, and that's just—it's just brilliant, and it's a good length, and that's his best song in, in, encapsulated. And they, he's got a good—he's got a big sample. And I remember I saw a video of him saying, "I just woke up one day and this song was playing," and I was like, "Right, that's going to be the—I'm going to use that for this for the soundtrack." And I think it does—it does amazingly. I think I'm embarrassed because that was the first time I'd ever heard "Cashmere." Same. And, and, I, th- I, and I think same, that's yeah. why I liked it because I didn't know it was mm. Led Zeppelin. I didn't know it was yeah. destroying someone's favourite tune. Do you know what I mean? So maybe that helped a little bit. Well, that's why I feel that's why I feel like my grandparents, because uh, well, my parents, because I think we didn't know it's probably one of the reasons mm. we liked it is because we didn't know it's cashmere. Mm-hmm. But some one of the reasons it gets our heckles up when I hear um Let's Dance or Been Around the World or where it's called, is I loved that song before he destroyed it. Yeah. In my in my mind, I'm sure that's a lot of a lot of reasons why people like or take to a song. That's, uh, that's what something does. I think it crosses the generations mm. because definitely, I remember growing up and hearing certain songs, and my parents would be like, "Oh, you know that this is a cover, or you know that this is a sample." No, because I was 12, I I had no yeah. idea. So yeah, and there's songs that every I don't know 15, 20 years, someone does a cover, someone does a version, and exposes it to a new generation. But yeah, with with PE 2000, yeah, I, I didn't know it. I. I, th- I thought it was the worst song on the list, definitely forgettable and disinteresting. <laughs> but once again, the video absolutely makes up for it. So firstly, I want to say that it definitely Justin Timberlake, Rock Your Body, that's where he took inspiration from. The background, the light background is, is exactly that. He's getting chased in a Lamborghini by a, a helicopter. The uh, wind tunnel is back. And Fran, do you want to talk about the little dance move that he does? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this was his yes sir period. And I only... Puff Daddy could say, hey, how about I have like a scene when it's just me dancing and doing the, the robot and no one going, actually, Puff, maybe not. So yeah, it's, it's awkward as fucking hell. And <laughs> please, if you can check out Puff, Puff Daddy, Daddy doing, doing the robot <laughs> for no reason in P2000. Planet Rock oh, yeah. Africa by Butter as well, Another which classic. is just wild. <laughs> and that, that's not even a sample. It's, it, is, it is literally to, to that. But um, yeah. I mean... So what, it just stops the video, stops the music. That he's 
promoting mm. in this in this promo video and plays a full of the okay and, f- and then there's a scene for no reason when he walks into a crowd of ladies in a club topless it's literally yeah. it's like what the fuck is happening with a big cross on his chest and they all <laughs> flock to him um i mean this is the thing the audacity the fucking audacity of it you you have to admire it i couldn't help but admire it i think because there is a bit of a twinkle in his eye and i think because of you know the the, the bad acting and the sheer good time he's having on all of this this is like a teenage boy's fantasy it's like i just want to become big and you know drive fast cars see a helicopter some lovely women the end so yeah i think i even wrote down the lyrics from being around the world where he says i was in one bedroom dreaming of a million now i'm in beach houses creamed to the ceiling i was a gentleman living in tenements now i'm swimming in all the women that be tens and you're just like blood i mean come on mate <laughs> absolutely <laughs> hilarious um but yeah fran then we come to the conclusion do you think that puff daddy is overrated well i mean what's his legacy i mean has he done anything of worth since 2006 I know he bought an album in 2010. I've not heard. Um, I watched a, a documentary, as per usual, mm-hmm. um, last night on YouTube, on YouTube of his life. And <laughs> it, it's, yeah, give it a miss. <laughs> he made it himself. And um, yeah, like, I, I, is there anyone in modern hip hop who's influenced by Puff Daddy? I don't know. Um, so if I think, I think he had 10 years of being one of those hip hop artists that you know, became a household name and then vanished. And I think if he was, you know, regarded as being a decent artist, you'd still be playing his albums now. I don't know anyone who's playing a Puff Daddy album today. So overrated for me. I, I don't know. I, I honestly couldn't give you a very easy and direct answer because I really enjoyed this playlist that, that Kobe put together. It was very nostalgic, obviously, in parts. And the music videos just make him obviously so unique i think we mentioned there were lots of people doing music videos with the good looking women and the cars etc etc but there's something about him as you know an artist in the wider sense which does stand out a little bit but is he an influential artist or is he a tastemaker is he someone bringing together all these people i don't know but i would actually not rush to uh not rush to call him overrated because i really enjoy some of this and i'm gonna go and listen to uh, was it called Come to Me? Come to you? The so come I I would me. actually I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's underrated, but I wouldn't. it's not Come with Me. It's not on Spotify, which is an, which is probably a big book there. So I, I always have to watch it or listen to it on. That's that's a great soundtrack. That Godzilla soundtrack. Mm. Yeah, the the Jim Rokai song as well, mm-hmm. also excellent. Yeah. But yeah, I I I I wouldn't say he's underrated, but I would hesitate to call him overrated at this stage. And just comparing to other hip hop artists, I'm not comparing. I mean, Jay Z, Snoop Dogg. Even Kanye's first couple of albums, massively huge albums, fantastic artists. They are, they blow, absolutely blow Puff Daddy out of the water in any way, shape or form. But yeah, Puff Daddy was there. Jay-Z, when I've seen him rapping, he just his, he just pulls off lyrics off the top of his head. Snoop Dogg is super cool. Kanye is production genius and also he has lyrically sound. And I just think, I just think compared to those guys, um, I don't understand how Puff Daddy's done it, apart from he's got some algorithms that work, like bring in either one super famous person or three less than super famous people and copy uh, and sample big ch- big song. And and also I'd, I'd wager that when you listen to his album, there might be two good songs and the rest will be like, ah, oh, this is this is shit, uh, this is shit. In the way that a lot of a lot of artists were, you know, and still are that you know the. They'll have two good songs and that's it. Mm-hmm. And the rest is super filler. I'd, I'd imagine that'll be the rest of his, um, that'll be how his albums are set up. Well, so yeah, two out of three. Stamp, Puff Daddy, overrated. But I I had a great time. So thank you, Kobe, for, for picking in. So guys, all I have to tell you is, for the love of God, go and check out all the Puff Daddy music videos and go and listen to Come With Me because it is an absolute banger. All I'm going to say as we go into part two, Jurassic 5. Underrated. So moving on from Puff Daddy, Kobe, who is your underrated pick today? Underrated pick is Jurassic 5. Let's get into it. Who are they and why do you like them? 
again, this this is, you asked me earlier about um, my music style, and I don't actually know much about them except that I love them and I have three of their albums and I think they're great. Common popular misconception is actually six people in Jurassic Five, um, which is the first thing to clear out. But one of the re- main reasons I love Jurassic Five is, as I said before, a lot of the artists I like um, they don't need to pull they don't need to pull random guest appearances to make the songs good. They already have the MCs in there to make each song super fluid, super their own style, same as Della Soul and, and other guys. But one of the main reasons I love it is a guy called Charlie Tuna, whose who's voice as a, a lyricist and as an MC and his flow is, is probably my favourite in all of hip hop. Every time I hear him on a thing, I'm just like, this guy is just like amazing. And when I've seen him live, it's nothing like what I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought it was going to be massive. I thought it was going to be bigger than than the Taurus B.I.G. But it was it was really tall, but quite skinny. And so, how have you made, how have you got that voice, and how are you putting this flow onto these tracks? Because, but it's just amazing. Had you yeah, had you heard of them, Fran? Did you know about Jurassic Five? Yeah. Um. So working in Virgin Megastore, um, this was like the cool hip hop album to have, and the, I think the the second album was kind of was in a way their debut album. Is it Great Expectations, is it? Quality Control, no? Yeah. And that, yeah, that was the album which would always make it on stereo. And I think they were quite clever that um, early on, they toured with a lot of um, alternative rock bands and the bands. So therefore, Fiona Apple, I read. So yeah. therefore, you know, they broaden into other people's uh, minds. A bit like the Prodigy. The Prodigy could play in metal festivals, dance festivals. You know, they, they could do the... And I think Jurassic 5... And then support Oasis. Yeah, exactly. And they could do it all. I think Jurassic 5 were a bit like that. You know, they, they never said, mm. oh, we are only going to be hip-hop artists. And they, they played with other people. And I think that's why you know, they were liked by a broader audience and other, other people. So I never really knew any of the um the MCs himself. Obviously Charlie Tuna's got a distinct tone, but even now, yeah. like doing research, like I can't tell who is doing what verse. Yeah, Thank if you. that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, but I yeah, I, I always knew that if I wanted to impress somebody who's into hip hop, if I met some draft at five, I get some cuteness. <laughs> Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Because I think I had heard of them, but that's it. Mm-hmm. I had heard of them. I would have not even guessed they were they were hip hop. It's a, it's a name. So I came in completely blind to this. And, um, you know, they're classified as alternative hip hop. And it, it did make me think, like, what is alternative hip hop? You know, is it that it's a bit more cerebral? Is it because they're deliberately sort of harking back to old school hip hop and that makes them alternative? Because... Yeah, why, why should this be alternative? Um, I also wrote down, are they the, the Gilmore Girls of Rap? Because the references in this, are in, there's so many references that I'm sure I'm I'm barely, you know, uh, barely scratching the surface, which I I don't enjoyed. know what you mean by the Gilmore Girls thing. I, I generally have not watched an episode of Gilmore I Girls. I haven't. Okay, so Gilmore Girls is basically extremely reference laden of, of, you know, high culture, low culture, you know, Paul Anker, but then, you know, I don't know, Gilda Radner and... Uh, Gilda Radner is a deep. Cut. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. Don't know where that came from. Uh, Paul Anke is the name of the dog, so that's definitely in in Gilmore Girls. And okay. Gilmore Girls, they speak so quickly, which is one of the the tenets that they have more pages of script per episode than the average episode length, just because it's they speak fast and they can get all the references in, and that's that's why it you know it made it made me think of that. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought they were super interesting, and I enjoyed getting to know them. Um, yeah, I think when people people just often put labels to a, a, a quote unquote genre, mm. and I think saying they're alternative hip hop is just a way of saying you know alt rock or heavy metal. Or, but I think hip hop doesn't have those kind of distinct categories that often that people don't really think about. They just kind of think, oh, hip hop's this thing, and that's part of the reason for bringing on like J Five. I, I much prefer this kind of stuff with like this and like so Q Tip and Tribe and yeah. uh, Della Soul to. The, the big bombastic showy office stuff of, of Puff Daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, you know, th- there's a range of hip hop there, which is out there. And this is one that I think doesn't get much cop these days. Yeah. And like discussing sampling earlier, you know, this band are choosing like jazz samples and making mm-hmm. their own distinct beats and, you know, scratching and adding lots of, of, of in- interesting production rather than just maybe a slightly lazier, just, you know, relying on that one sample hook to take them through. They're constantly making interesting hooks out of samples that I haven't ever heard before. So, mm. you know, yeah. I, and they have such a chemistry 
between them. You can tell they've been together for, you know, maybe 10 years before they even released their big album. So they, they instantly just bounce off each other, which is, I think, what Cope mentioned earlier with, with um, Puff Daddy. You know, he's just bringing in guns for hire and there's no real chemistry. But these guys, they seem to instantly just bounce off each other all, all the time. This you know, makes it like a, a dynamic sound, which I enjoyed. Yeah, I think what I found quite interesting is, I mean, it made me think of the Beastie Boys a lot, mm, actually. Yes. And I'm thinking that Beastie mm. Boys took a lot from, from them, especially in early 2000s. What You don't know when they're going to come in. It's not, you know, someone wraps the four lines, someone wraps the four lines. They, it comes in very, it, so it feels very stream of consciousness and, and it takes you in directions that you don't expect. And I really enjoyed that. And I think, yeah, having four rappers and two DJs just makes it, interesting because everyone's going to be contributing something different as you say yeah yeah so what's your first pick from from the list kobe so the first pick is concrete schoolyard from what i think j5 was the first album but i think it's like an ep that expanded out into an album yeah. mm-hmm. but this is this is the, the song that hooked me into concrete schoolyard and it starts off with a, a brief sample i'm pretty sure it's bill cosby and from the cosby show Mm-hmm. Uh, which is obviously which, each time i hear it, I'm, the song, I'm like oh no uh, but then the song kicks in properly and you're just like uh, you can forget great. about him yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i just love the flow i just love everything about this song it's just kind of this is where i can lay back and read the guardian on a sunday and listen to it and do my head nodding stuff as well as can drive you know through from london to manchester and still listen to it and st- yeah i can enjoy it in many different ways um yeah this is the track i remember i think this is like the gateway track into j5's world as i mentioned before you know it just it's got such a cool vibe in this jazz samples it, I imagine it, it's, it's, I don't want to say that they're thinking men's hip hop, but like, it does seem like, you know, they really care about the production. You know, like the, if you listen to the, all the, the way the, the beats um, bounce off each other, it's like, you know, you can tell they spent a long, long, long time creating creating this music other than, you know, like as I said before, I think some other hip hop artists may just you know, have a beat and a sample and that, that would do. They, they seem to really sort of like care maybe a little bit more yeah, I I didn't know a single song on this on this playlist. This was a really nice introduction. Definitely sounds like a school song, uh, which made, reminded me of the Go Team as well because they they do that too. They're bringing in rep, yeah repetitive mm. uh, piano and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. Uh, lyrics were absolutely full of references, you know. And I, I wonder it is it is it a sort of a song dissing current hip hop because there are lyrics like let's take it back to the concrete streets original beats with real live mcs playground tra- tactics no rabbit in a hat tricks which makes me think of uh skilo i wish i was a little bit taller mm. i wish i was a baller etc and then they talk about tanzania transylvania wall of china your brinner spinal tap absolutely chuck chuck full uh yeah really really enjoyable really interesting yeah it does sound like they're a bit more well read or you know, they paid attention at school and then went back and made the beats. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just, I think when when I think of alternative, what alternative hip hop bands I like, I think of the anti-pop consortium, which it's a bit, they're a bit weirder. Their beats are a bit kind of literally edgier, but it's similar kind of, yeah, I, I wrote kind of cerebral rap, you know, mm. it, I think as Fran said, it's, it, it's not like, you, you don't have to use big words and, and be clever to have enjoyable hip hop, but it just, it definitely adds a layer because it, it feels really like poetry. Yeah. And that's, and that's where at its best, um, it really is poetry. And I mean, a lot of people really, 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 really rate Notorious B.I.G. as a lyricist and, and, and his flow. I just never got into him that much. And uh, you know, people to this day say he's one of the best flow wise, mm-hmm. but for me, that's, you know, the, the kind of things that these guys put together, Tribe Called Quest, um, roots and they they're a lot more my kind of vibe than anything that um notorious big did. and also like lyrically i think at a time i think i was personally sick of like you know 50 cent or somebody t- saying about how rich and how great they are you know these guys don't talk about how rich and how amazing they are you know they're just talking about like relatable stuff you know so i wasn't put off by that i think at all and i think dj newmark i saw in a little mini documentary he always tried to produce um beats by just walking around the bathroom and like hitting things and stuff which i kind really? of yeah and, and he's like turning on like taps back and forth so well no so instantly I'm, I'm gonna be enjoying his creativity far more than just someone just pressing you know uh beat number six off a, off a keyboard you know so yeah it's interesting how hip-hop absolutely gets that rep right like i said at the beginning i got put off by the kind of machismo and 
guns and hose and, and everything. But it, it's not like rock stars aren't assholes either. Uh, but I think it's, as, as Kobe said, hip hop is seen as social commentary. And I think, yeah, the lyrics are much more center stage and they hit you much harder. And I think if you don't relate, it feels more personal. It's a bit like how people with comedy, if they don't like comedy, they it, it can they can take it very personally. They can go and tweet at a comedian like you're not funny, and it's like, but why? You know, so what? Like other people think you are. Yeah, yeah. you know why? Why do you feel so personally insulted that that this person wasn't funny? It's not for you. That's fine. Move on. But yeah, what's what's the second song on your list, Tommy? The second song is Giraffe's Finish First. Mm-hmm. Just a just a bouncy bouncy little song. Yeah, I they have piano, strings, and jazz going on mm. um, in a song that seems to be again sort of dissing current current hip-hop but there are these lyrics which say j5 make you a little gaseous at first martin lawrence and yes i make you ask is that lurch and i was like what why is why is martin lawrence and and then of course i googled it and i i found something on reddit which is talking about uh so apparently one of them um yeah mark seven looks a bit like martin lawrence and charlie tuna sounds like lurch from the adams family so it's a bit of an intro but i was like right okay i would have i would have never got there without the help of the internet but yeah quite i i think this is maybe actually my least favorite on the list but i still i still enjoyed it i read for so charlie and um mark seven would like to do a thing when they copy this each other's flow so it's mm-hmm. only those two on the track. I, th- I think, yeah, I can see why. Like when I was a kid, I couldn't understand why the Wu Tang Clan needed so many members. Mm-hmm. And but now looking back, I think it's just because when it's you have a basic beat, sometimes having different sounds of vocals just adds adds mm. to the track. If it's the same person, just you no, know, it can be a bit too simplified. And I think having the different voices does create, you know, um, a m- far more interesting listen. I enjoy the cello on this. It's like a really cool cello climb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is up there because I really like the jazz piano stabs all the way for it. So it's a it's a it's a decent a decent track for me. And uh, yeah, the samples from a song from 1954. So okay. yeah, and it has um I think Stoop's dad is at the start and Charlie's mum's at the end, I believe. Oh, I was wondering who they were. <laughs> right, yeah, that was quite entertaining. So at the end of being like, oh, you're still doing that rapping. That was yeah, that was quite <laughs> that was quite fun. But the the next pick, I would say. Some similarities maybe on the sample, but a little bit different. Uh, Kobe, do you want to introduce us to the third track? That is J.U. and that's off the uh, first album stroke extended EP. And this is probably one of my favourite ones. And it's just, again, the music, the, the beats and the music is just so uplifting. Mm. Uh, within, the first bit, within the first bar, I'm into it straight away. Every single time it plays, I love it. Yeah, I wrote, you know, the flute isn't just for Lizzo and Anchorman. Uh, It starts immediately (laughs) with the flute. It starts with them spelling out their name, which I I found quite charming. I I enjoyed this song. I think this was a song where I was like, wow, I can really tell where the Beastie Boys have come from. Um, But this is the song that really made me think of the Cardinal Burn sketch that I emailed you about before. I don't know, Kobe, if you had a chance to watch it. Is that the old school hip hop version? Exactly. I just, unfortunately, (laughs) because I don't listen to that much old school hip hop. And I just had that sketch in the back of my mind. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't unhear it, which it was a bit problematic. But I, I still managed to enjoy it despite having, you know, um, <laughs> what, I, what is he saying? Like, I like a cup of tea. <laughs> like like uh, but yeah, Fran, what did you think? So yeah, I put down Go Team mainly because of the flute. Yeah, I think the Beastie Boys influenced um, Jurassic Five, maybe as well. I think Beastie Boys yeah, because yeah, they, they started to sort of like do that sort of like. Um, groove sampling in like Paul's Boutique like in that sort of era in the early 90s yeah this is where the gaps in my knowledge start showing <laughs> because I think the the only Beastie like I enjoy Beastie Boys but the, you're thinking Intergalactic well, in, is, yeah Intergalactic number yeah. one but actually the only album that I've listened all the way through and it's not because you know I I don't want to listen to the others, but just the one that clicked with me immediately was To The Five Boroughs, mm-hmm. which is from 2004. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this is before 2004. And uh, there's a lot of similarities, but yeah. So yeah, it's interesting because yeah. I, I, when I first heard it, I, I didn't know if they had live instruments or not. And watching them live, it is all just DJs. But like, obviously the Beastie yeah. Boys are playing with live instruments. So I, I don't know if that would be quite a cool approach for... I know Jurassic Five don't really make records anymore. It'd be, be interesting to see them working with a live band, maybe. Um, again, I thought, you know, this is the sort of um, hip hop I would hear in trendy clothes shops in Bournemouth back in the day. <laughs> um, I have no idea what they're spitting about, but it, it works for me. Yeah, I, the lyrics that I wrote are, we conjugate verbs and constipate nerds like you. We got incarcerated minds, men, women, and enzymes, vibing off the rhyme sent from the divine essence, presence, effervescence, not to be contested. And I wrote, is this uh, is this if Beck could rap? 
if Beck could rap, he would he would do something. This one and the next one, actually, because it's, you know, he's someone else where he's using the big words, but you like him for it. And definitely that's the case with Jurassic Five. So what's your what's your fourth pick, Kobe? So the fourth pick is Great Expectations of the Quality Control album. Um, and this is a bit harder uh, beat wise than the others. But then it's, you know, lyrically, the, these guys are just, again, it's just super tight. And the interplay just, uh, chef's kiss. Yeah, this was my favourite off off the list yeah i thought it was the catchiest song i thought the hook was great i like how it changes for a beat in the middle almost like there's a bridge but then goes back to the original tune because it again it wrong foots you and i i really enjoyed that section and you know it references manic monday bruce and Demi. how how could i not love it (laughs) i think um akil um says that in the film jurassic park they took the DNA from something old and made something new for modern times. And that's why they were happy being called Jurassic Five because they were doing that themselves. Like they were taking, you know, like a James Bond uh, beat and a jazz, you know, bass line and then creating something new and organic. And that's kind of why they're happy being called Jurassic Five. And this is very much that, you know, it's it's the old creating new and it it, it works beautifully. And it's one of, yeah, one, of, one of the best beats of the five tracks, definitely. Stuff. And yeah, I think I think it still finishes on a high with your final pick, Kobe. Okay, uh, so my final pick is The Thin Line. And this is one of the rare occurrences where they've pulled in a guest vocalist in the shape of Nelly Furtado. This is from The Power Numbers, which is probably the album I listen to most, actually, of theirs. Basically, I, I like it's an interesting story in this, telling the story of like unrequited love or, you know, the friend zoning. Should, should, should men and women just be friends in a Harry Met Sally kind of vibe? Um, I just think this is quite fun, quite lighthearted compared to the other their songs. Yeah, I I was shocked this wasn't a single. Was I, it? I was. can't see any reference or any video to anything for it at all. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's one thing I have noticed. There's literally barely any music videos for Jurassic Five online at all. I actually, yeah, I didn't I didn't check, but um, yeah. You just went you just went the Puff Daddy. Route <laughs> yeah, for I was like, I, I know videos. which one I'm going to prioritize, and it's going to be Puff Daddy for watching the video. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I like Nelly Furtado. I had no idea that she had um, mm. done this a track. Um, I think her parts are brilliant. It's catchy as hell. This is probably the most mainstream of all the tracks on here. You could imagine this being on the radio. So I don't know why it's been buried. Maybe it's, it's me not being into that genre as much, but I don't know if it was successful at all. Babs, do you know the song? I didn't I didn't know the song at all. And I thought Nelly Furtado was an unusual choice, but I guess I'm like a bird was what, 2001? Mm-hmm. So maybe they bought her mm. on, you know, she, she has a good voice. I totally agree. It absolutely works. But yeah, I uh, I was surprised that, yeah, it, it, I'd never heard of it. It wasn't bigger. It, it, I thought it was very different to the other four songs. I was thinking, oh, you know, this is their third album, right? So they're, they're trying something yeah. different. And they have three different samples here, which you... I I wouldn't have noticed, um, which they they use quite cleverly. And I wrote similar to you, Kobe, that this is the most intelligent song I've ever heard about the friend zone. <laughs> and I, I thought the building together of the samples it reminded me a little bit of Glory Box by Portishead, which itself is an Isaac Hayes sample. So so yeah, again, you know that we're going back and back and back and back. And even though we're referencing lots of different songs and there's lots of different samples, it's still creating something new and extremely enjoyable. Yeah, no, uh, really, really nice finish. And it just goes to show that they seem to be one of those bands that even when they go in a different direction, you're not missing anything. The quality is still there and it's still very enjoyable. So yeah, bizarre that this wasn't bigger. Just a bit of insider baseball for you listeners. Um, Obviously because we're recording in front of computers, you can do some Googling. Um, Yeah. the Thin Line wasn't a release, wasn't a single release, um, which is interesting because mm. Nelly Furtado was pretty huge at this point. Yeah. So other artists strange. would have definitely used her as a the, the big the big get, but they she, she's almost like a hidden a hidden treat. From two thousand to two thousand and ten, that was her her time really, um, yeah. and yeah, definitely a, a wise choice, not an obvious choice, but one that, that works. So yeah, I'm looking at that like yeah, Concrete Schoolyard was the only like hit in the UK, like it got to number 35, all the rest of the even chart. This wow. is bizarre, not really. Well, and that's that's where you get, I, I guess that's where a lot of the over underrated side of things comes is because I don't know, it'd be interesting to hear how their, their albums charted. I'm sure, I think their albums would have charted better than the singles and would have been more pervasive. And I, I see these guys more more of an album artist than the singles one, whereas Puff Daddy, people will know his big songs, um, but then... I think his, like I said before, he might have two good songs on an album and then the rest of them just be like horseshit. So yeah, Quality Control was the biggest album. We've got number 23, which is good, but not yeah. amazing. And then Power's in number 46, Fear Back 59. 
So, you know, it was the, they weren't exactly hitting it hard. I will tell you the Spotify stats that they have just under a million monthly listeners. So that's maybe more than I would have thought, but yeah, not Puff Daddy for comparison. I haven't looked him up yet and I'm doing that as we speak, has uh, seven, 7.1 million. So, yeah. oh, okay. I would have thought Pop Daddy's gonna be higher, yeah. than that, so I'm quite, I'm quite happy with that. Me too. Although, again, yeah, when was oh, he had a single in 2021, apparently, he was featured on KBS by Fumi Bozed. Fumi Bozy, I don't know, um, but that only has 52,000 plays. If Come With Me was on there, it'd be a lot higher, yeah. Come with me, I'm, at least literally I would, I would be the second we get off there. this record, that's what I'm gonna go and listen to, yeah. And I mean, Tupac has such a sort of legacy and reputation as well, again, like when. I don't know if I was aware when he died, but I was definitely aware of all the tributes that came afterwards. And I was like, don't, don't know who that is. Seems sad. Uh, same with Notorious B.I.G. So I think because Jurassic 5 have this very specific sound, you, you know that it's kind of a, a modern take on old school hip hop, but somehow it seems timeless. Like, I think it's always a good time to listen to this kind of music. And like you were saying, Kobe, like you can you can sit down and listen to the lyrics, you can groove to it in a club, or you can sit down reading The Guardian while while listening. So it's it's multi-purpose music. <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> uh so are they underrated? In my opinion, absolutely. The fact that I knew none of the songs and I enjoyed all of them to to some extent. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it and I'm definitely gonna do some further listening. Yeah, definitely. I in the documentary I saw, Charlie uh, Tuna was driving along and is plugging a portable CD player into his tape deck to uh, listen to music. And at the same time, I was looking at Puff Daddy, and thinking <laughs> that shows the diversity in two <laughs> artists right there. So yeah, definitely. I used to. That was my. That was I. Yeah, I did that with the portable CD player into a fake. Oh yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Into, that's how yeah. Charlie listens to music in, in two thousand and two. So yeah, they're definitely underrated because I was expecting them to be big on the albums because I, I always knew they were like you know looked looked upon as being one of the of the best hip hop bands of the past twenty years. But I guess hmm. yeah, no one's no party, no one's listening to them still. It's just pretty sad. But this is the thing, like you, you, Toby already mentioned a lot of these people, Tribe Called Quest, Dilla Soul, etc. I, I had heard of all of those and definitely know a couple of songs, but Jurassic 5, not at all. I wouldn't have even been able to tell you that it's hip hop. So it's it really surprises me. And, you know, I think the late 90s, early noughties, it was a much more gen- genre siloed time where it was like, you're either into rock or either into hip hop. And this is absolutely one of those bands that breaks through and in this more thankfully open-minded world definitely still have a, a, a position and i'm sure new new legions of fans to find is it a case that like with delisol and tribe of quest you know they were being used in modern artists like for gorillas for example and the chemical brothers were you know using their mcs have any of Jurassic five been on other people's records to keep them fresh charlie charlie tuna definitely he's been on things like ozomatly um akil um is does a lot of stuff with dj format a oh, yeah. chemist is a name i know yeah chemist i'd heard of either but thought it was a dance act didn't realize <laughs> it was anything related to jurassic five so yeah so i think they're, they're doing their, their own things maybe it's not maybe not as big not as um in your face as other people would be or you just maybe not listen to the tracks that um yeah you know, like i say gorillas are they gorillas and damon albon and jamie hewlett are doing a fantastic job of bringing a lot of these artists like Farside, for example mm-hmm. um i'm sure a lot of people heard of Farside for the first time because of because of gorillas um they were they are, they are doing stuff definitely um i'm not sure about in the past five or ten years but they definitely were in there and around and, and using other people's tracks yeah let's get that up to a million at least per monthly listens on spotify <laughs> guys uh, go off and listen um so before the record kobe uh fran and i were talking about the wu-tang name generator which i thought would be a fun mm-hmm. thing to do because this is our first sort of hip-hop episode so i've put our names through the wu-tang name generator uh are you ready to to listen to what your wu-tang name would be yeah and just before we do this isn't this where childish gambino got his Chris, name that was going to be my next fact and i'm delighted that you're the one that that took it from me yeah <laughs> it a- absolutely is um sure. but i think he was luckier so uh i put my name barbara Mendes george in and it came up as pioneer reputable which i feel like is a very jurassic five kind of and that is a bit of a mouthful mm. one one or the other uh kobe unfortunately i'm devastated to break this to you that you are now known as tree toad musty <laughs> <laughs> i'm very sorry and fran 
you've got it the worst, I'm afraid, because you are Witch Doctor Stinky. So there we go. <laughs> Not what, what was your rap name that you told me? Fly Franny Flow or something? Yeah, Fly Franny Flow. Um, yeah, but sadly... sorry about that. You are now Witch Doctor Stinky. So there we go. Apologies. Fun game to play with all the family. Well, you can do the, you can do the you know the announcement from like P Puff Daddy did to P Diddy. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. You can send out a press release. Oh, I forgot to say, <laughs> I, I I saw on Wikipedia why why he's called Puff Daddy. It's because he was given the nickname Puff as a child because he would huff and puff when he was angry, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> and I have to say, when when I was looking for Puff Daddy in on Spotify, it wasn't there, and I was like, holy shit. Of all of his songs up there, and then I thought, oh, is it P Diddy? Oh yeah, it's P Diddy. I mean, yeah, I think we've referred to all his names throughout. For me, he's always Puff Daddy. Like that's yeah. that's how I knew him yeah. first. But I think. I think he's on there as just Diddy at the moment. Okay. So, yeah. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> so, yes, Kobe, thank you very much for coming on today. Um, you've been a great guest, and I'm so glad that we've finally done a, a hip-hop episode. But, Kobe, do you want to talk about, um, yeah, who you are, what you do, what you want to plug uh, while you're here? Yeah, so I'm, uh, well, I'm a podcaster and producer of your podcast, but mainly I'm known for Flixwatcher, which is podcast by myself and Helen, we're co-hosts, we get other podcasters on and they pick films off of Netflix in the UK and we talk about them and just have a laugh about them in a high level. Um, and we've had podcasters, large and small, um, so it's yeah, it's just all good fun. And the other podcast I'm quite well known for is The Wire Strips, where I go through each episode of The Wire with my friend um, Dave Corkery and we have guests and uh, cast members on the show talking about their scenes and their favourite scenes and stuff like that as well. So check us out there flix watcher and the wire strips if you're interested absolutely check out flix watcher obviously the episodes i guessed it on but but others i mean i saw you had adam and joe yeah. as a guest which is fantastic yeah small podcasters yeah yeah very very tiny uh, not not very well known and yeah <laughs> when, when i saw that you did the wire strip so the wire i saw the first season really enjoyed it but it's one of those things where i'm like i think i need to old school go and get the dvd box set and make my way through it in in total so once i've done that i will definitely come and listen to to that podcast i too. think that I've always wanted to watch The Wire and Sopranos. And I think if I hadn't managed to watch it over lockdown, I'm never going to watch it. I'm not going to lie to myself. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on, Kobe. Cheers, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, yeah, go and check out his podcasts and have a marvellous day. Stay safe out there. See you. Bye. Bye. And that's another episode of Over Underrated. We hope you enjoyed it and we hope that you get in touch we would love to do another hip hop episode. We would love to do many other themes and bands. So what would you like to listen to? Let us know on at OU Music Pod on Twitter, at Over Underrated Music Pod, or you can email us overunderratedmusicpod at gmail.com. I will still be at the beach contemplating life, enjoying myself and getting fanned by beautiful men surrounding me. It's not a bad life, this one. The one of the podcaster, eh? See you guys. <laughs>